Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Back to the NFL and what Christian Kirk's new deal means for Terry McLaurin. Coming up in about 15 minutes. Eric at home at the bottom of the hour from Yahoo Sports. But... Last week, had a chance to catch up with Andy Sullivan, captain of the Washington Spirit, midfielder for the U.S. Women's National Team. It was on the day the NWSL announced their new commissioner, the day after U.S. Soccer announced their new president. So I wanted to chat with Sonny. Unfortunately, it was also the day that the commanders traded for Carson Wentz, so we didn't have a chance to play the interview for you. But alas, here we are. This is still very relevant. Here's my chat with superstar Andy Sullivan. Let's start with the news, uh, the most recent of, of the big news stories. And um, the NWSL announces a new commissioner, and Jessica Berman is her name. She's the former deputy commissioner of the National Lacrosse League. And I think rather than getting into like her specifically, to think about where this league has been and to know that while you weren't on the committee itself, you have so many friends, uh, you know, Jane Campbell, Tori Huster, amongst others, uh, who were a part of actually selecting this person to lead the league. What does it mean to you as a player to know that your colleagues had a say in selecting the next leader for the NWSL? Yeah, I think it's super exciting. I think the league in the past has been feeling very unstable and having players' voices not be heard. Um, and I feel like the tides have really shifted the opposite direction where just naming commissioner that um, the players feel confident in is just going to lead us to really exciting future. So I'm um, super excited. It's really cool to see different players' opinions and their process really come to light. So I'm, I'm excited to see um, what this new commissioner does and give her a chance to really take this league in the right direction. We'll swing back around to the NWSL side of things and obviously your team uh, here in a second. But the, the reason we initially had, had connected to have you on was because the other organization you're a part of also has new leadership. And in many ways, the process was very similar. What did you make of the news over the weekend of U.S. soccer going with Cindy Parlow-Cohen, your name uh, amongst many of your other teammates with the Spirit, and obviously the rest of your U.S. women's national team teammates was on a letter endorsing her for that position. Why was it that the, the U.S. women's national team, the senior national team on the women's side specifically, wanted Cindy Parlow-Cohen in charge of U.S. soccer, and what does she bring to that organization? Yeah, to be up, up front, we had experience with those candidates and we preferred our experience working with Cindy. Um, we were not really happy with uh, uh, U.S. soccer uh, under Carlos Cordero's leadership, um, specifically around the women's national team in general. So um, I think we're just excited to have Cindy um, help mediate and lead U.S. soccer an equitable future. 
Yeah, and she was, of course, a part of negotiating the the settlement that happened a couple of weeks ago. Carlos Codero uh, was in charge when some pretty terrible stuff happened. People can can uh, go Google that on their own time. Um, you just got off the She Believes Cup, and it was you and six other spirit players, seven in total. What was it like to have not only, you know, you've been in so many camps at this point, especially with Sonnet and, and with Kelly, but to have Hatchie there, to have Trinity Rodman and Ashley Sanchez, the young kids, to have so many of your club teammates, especially coming off the championship, uh, together with you in that, that She Believes Cup and the January camp as well. It's so fun. It's, it's so exciting for, for them as individuals, exciting for the spirit, um, and it's exciting for the national team. It just kicks every box. Um, I think it just also goes to show how much the league matters and your performance in the league matters. Um, and I think that all the players from the spirit who were there um, in January and she believes like showed last season why why they do well in the league and why they deserve a shot at the national team and um, they've done well with their opportunities and it was cool to get to see us all on the field sometimes together and, and sometimes not but it's just it's really fun um, it's going to be really exciting for us to build you know at the spirit together and then bring that into the national team and then bring what we learned to the net from the national team back to the spirit i think it's just going to be a super symbiotic situation so i'm pretty pumped about that for she believes initially trinity robin was left off the roster and vlatko had said mm -hmm. you know it's a different it's a different thing that she was so good in the league he wasn't obviously uh, poo-pooing that at all that the evidence is there including the title trophy uh and the huge part that she played in that uh, and then ultimately she gets added back in but i, I thought that comment was interesting from vlatko uh, of course the mm -hmm. un's women's national team head coach and i'm just curious to ask you not specific necessarily to trinity although you obviously are there in both places but when he says it's different, what is different about international play versus the NWSL's uh, level of play and style of play? Because I feel like the style is, is a big part of it from from what I've been able to gather from players talking mm -hmm. about it. I just think I in in ways I agree with Black so that it is it's a different beast um, and it's way harder to like it's hard to get there, but it's even harder to stay there. So um, I think you know he's managing Trinity well and other players um but it's always going to be a journey it's just there's never on the national team there's never a moment to like catch your breath um you're always pushing yourself someone's always pushing you um and every little detail matters um and i think the league is, is going that way too but there's just the level is just a step up the speed is just a step up and and moments that you might be able to like get away with every once in a while in the league like you you won't on the international stage so um I think it's just like any jump in level it's just a, a jump in a learning curve so it, it might not be smooth at first but I um having my own ups and downs with the national team and in the league I can definitely attest that they're both very difficult and both you know related but their own beast for sure Last quick national team thing, and then I want to wrap back up with, with the home team. Um, you mentioned your own journey, the ups and downs and everything that you've had with the national team. What are your conversations like with Vlatko these days about your position on that team? You've obviously been starting a ton recently. You, know, you still have Julia in the background, kind of the same position, but there, there's so mm -hmm. much depth in that midfield. So what are the conversations like between you and Vlatko these days about your place in that program? Yeah, I think right now I'm just focusing on, on getting the game experience um, and focusing on all those details, like I mentioned, and trying to soak up all the different nuances he's, look, you know, he's looking for. Um, and obviously that it goes a lot from using Julie as an example and learning from her strengths and then trying to bring my own and, and add them to that position. 
Um, and just really honestly trying to lock things down for the team on both ends. That's kind of been my, my conversations with him is how can I, you know, prevent fires from happening defensively and how can I start some offensively? So um, it's been really, really fun to, to learn from him and then come home and, and practice things at the spirit um, and try things and get my confidence up to bring back to the national team and, and show that I have that ability. So um, hopefully we can keep that going. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Andy Sullivan, U S women's national team. And of course the captain of the NWSL champion, Washington spirit is with us. And you guys are now back in camp, finally back together. You know, it's kind of weird, the timeline of the season with national team camps, not just for the U.S., but with so many international players on your roster who play for other national teams. Everyone kind of comes back in pieces, but as you come back together as a group for the first time since winning the title, what's it been like at camp? What's the level like? And obviously, uh, uh, your first preseason under Chris Ward, uh, a new coach who he won a championship with last year but took over middle of the year. So what, what has it been like to finally be whole as a championship defending group for the first time it's very exciting obviously like I just look around training and and we look good and it's so exciting to feel that way so early on in the year um obviously not we're not content with that um we know we have a lot to improve on and I think that so much energy last year was spent just trying to stay afloat so to have this like fresh preseason where we we look good we feel good we're playing well and we can actually you know spend a lot of our attention and our energy on improving our play I think the the excitement part potential is is really 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 high so it's just a very um exciting time and we're really looking forward to getting going and playing some games you've been around long enough to know that humility is part of being able to win and especially when you have you know, two young players who are so, so talented. And this is a young team still in general. Um, you know, players like Dorian and, you know, Bailey Feist are still what, their fourth year in the league or something like that. So they're still very young. You're still very young. Um, but when you have like a, an Ashley Sanchez and a Trinity Rodman who have had so much personal success, so much team success now, how do you guys both embrace that and kind of have that chip on your shoulder? Like, yeah, we're capable, but also keep it in check to know that nothing's going to be given to you. How, how, how has the balance of that been? And who are some of the people that, that kind of feel that responsibility to keep everybody in line? I think everyone is pretty much on the same page with that. I really don't feel like I could see how, um, with like young personalities who've had early success, how they could feel content with that. But, but those who don't, the rest of the team doesn't, um, our leaders don't like the message from day one since we got back was like we're here to defend the title and we're gonna have to you know be better than we were before and um, everyone is super bought into that message so I'm, I'm as a leader of the team I'm very happy that I don't have to worry about that as much that everyone's keeping that hunger and that drive and um, looking around and pushing themselves and I think um yeah, I think that's just not going to be an, an issue for us. So I'm, I'm really excited. Because I said so. That's the answer. Because I said so. <laughs> and I'm in charge. Tori's hurt. She's not here. I'm in charge. I said no. Um, Annie Sullivan, <laughs> captain of the champion. I'm going to say it again. The champion of the NWSL, the Washington Spirit, as well as a member of the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, Sonny, it is always good to talk, my friend. Uh, good luck. And, of course, if anybody listening wants to go check out the Spirit, the NWSL Challenge Cup starts very, very soon. March 19th, the first game. Uh, it's out at Segra Field, and then some of the games start at Audi Field soon after that. Sonny, thanks so much for the time, and I will be talking to you soon. 
Actually, that March 19th game on the road, uh, and then the Challenge Cup starts in earnest. All right, 15 minutes. And by the way, we're back. All the technical issues have been have been fixed. That is very delightful. That means Linnell and I can yap like we were intending to about NFL free agency, and then Eric Edholm will join us as scheduled on time coming up at 8.30. Craig Hoppin with you for, for overtime tonight here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's try this again. Craig Hoffman with you here on 106.7 The Fan. Linnell Willingham is back in the main studio I guess I guess we can tell the folks I'm doing the show from home, uh, even though it sounds like I'm in studio. Because if I was in studio, I couldn't lose the feed, which is what happened the first time we tried to do this, which was just to yap about football. No, thanks for Insider. thanks again for stepping in. <laughs> thanks again for stepping in. Uh, I'm gonna do your job now. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the people an update on on everything that's been happening over the last little bit in terms of NFL free agency. I think kind of when you left off with some of the updates, uh, CJ Uzoma had just signed. That was like the last one. Uzoma, of course, Bengals tight end uh, who, who toughed out an injury to play in the Super Bowl. He signs for three years, twenty four million in New York for the Jets. Uh, receiver going south, uh, or I guess east in this case. He'd already gone south, started his career in Buffalo, played last year with the Raiders, now to the Jags, because, of course, everyone's signing with the Jags. It's Zay Jones. Three years, $24 million. That's, of course, nothing, though, on the Christian Kirk deal. It's an like $80-plus million deal for Christian Kirk in Jacksonville. So, that I mean, that's a solid receiving core for uh, 
Trevor or, uh, Trevor Lawrence down there. I'm sorry, I'm reading a tweet about Allen Robinson, uh, and I almost called called the Jaguars quarterback the wrong name. Uh, but here we are. That that's NFL free agency. All of our brains are mush. Leno, what what to use the most significant thing that's happened today? Like what's the what's the biggest deal that that's happened? And it could be like an impact on Washington, like we were talking about earlier with the impact that Kirk Seal could have on Terry. It could be Sheriff leaving. It could be something completely unrelated. I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, sharing up some of their, you know, holes on that offensive line, getting Alex Kappa from uh, from Tampa Bay. And then getting uh, Karras from New England. I mean, that was their, one of their glaring flaws was up front. You know, Burrow's the most sacked quarterback in the league last year. You give that boy some more time, man. You, you thought he went nuts last year. <laughs> wait, wait, wait to see what he does with some protection. <laughs> right. You lose a weapon, you get some protection. I like that because that also helps the running game, which was still pretty freaking good. Um, you know, that's that that's a. That's a nasty team. I mean, yeah, I, to me, like, what's so fascinating about the Bengals is they just were like, hey, you know, I know what's important in football? Guys with the ball. And it's so counter to everything in the way that football has been talked about over the last how many decades of you went in the trenches, three yards in a cloud of dust, blah, 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 blah. Like, it, that... It is like I think even a guy like Kevin O'Connell, new age coach, um, you know, Minnesota Vikings, obviously Rams offensive coordinator last year. Like he'll tell you first and second down, you got to establish line of scrimmage. And if you lose there, everything else gets blown up. See Donald comma Aaron. But at the end of the day, like you got to throw you got to have a guy who's really good at throwing it. And you got to have guys that can score once they catch it. Otherwise, all that gets you is a bunch of field goals and, and a bunch of L's. And I think the Bengals showed that. I think the Rams showed that. And, and it looks like you know, to an extent, like that's kind of what Jacksonville and some of these other teams that are spending big on wide receivers and tight ends are doing in, in, in this first wave of free agency. Yeah, you, you mentioned the Jaguars. I think, you know, we laugh at the Christian Kirk deal, obviously, they threw a bunch of money at him. They got money to blow. So I guess that's kind of, you know, what they're doing, why they're, you know, overpaying for some of these guys. But I think they could make the type of meteoric rise that Cincinnati had last year. I mean, it's kind of a similar situation. You know, second-year quarterback. Trevor Lawrence had no shot last year just because of who was coaching him, I, I believe. And then yeah, ETN gets hurt. I mean, they got a lot of guys coming back. And then defensively, they were already a young, talented, up-and-coming group. The, the signing I didn't mention, I always stumble on this guy's name. Led the NFL in tackles last year for the Atlanta Falcons. You probably know who I'm talking about, Craig. The, the linebacker. Uh, uh, Olu Khan. Olu Okan. Oluokan. Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. was a sideline to sideline warrior. You put him on on that Jaguars defense with Miles Jack and company. They were already getting after the pass rusher pretty good. You know, they could be a piece in the secondary away from that defense being, you know, a legit problem for people. You know, but offensively, I, I expect Doug Peterson to to come in and you you feel that impact from day one. He is going to make life easier for for Trevor Lawrence. That offense is always you know worked he's creative and I think them bringing in Evan Ingram I've said it to you multiple times Craig young quarterback's best friend is what a tight end I know he can't catch but maybe Doug Peterson can get him to catch I don't know yeah it depends on like I was looking earlier because I was like I don't know is is he that like Danny was just going off on him at the end of their show and I was like (laughs) is he that bad like he's had some decent games against Washington so I obviously have that bias but I'm like I is he that? And you look at his catch percentage, and he's never been above seventy percent catch percentage, or maybe one time. But he's like year multiple years in the fifties, and you're like, 
what? Yeah. How do you have 109 targets and 54 catches as a tight end? You should be getting easy balls over the middle all day. Like, I know your quarterback play has been terrible, but good grief. But, I mean, maybe. He he gets open a lot, that's for sure, and, and that obviously is is super helpful. Um, you know, and and I, that's a great call. I actually missed the, the uh, Aluakon signing for Jacksonville. He had 192 tackles last Ridic- year. That doesn't even sound what's, real. What's also crazy is Brooks and Wagner – are the next two guys, Jordan Brooks, Bobby Wagner, both in Seattle, both had 184, 170 respective tackles last year. Speaking of Bobby Wagner, if there's one player, and I guess I just gave mine away, but like one player still out there that you get to bring to Washington, who's the guy that's out there that you're like, empty whatever's left in the bank account on that dude? Ooh, that's that's interesting. It's two guys. I I guess we're only, I I broke the game rules if if I'm saying two guys. Uh, That's all right. Jaywan Bentley. From 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 New England, uh, I think he can you know maybe solve their problem at inside linebacker, and then I look at Marcus Williams. I, I think he might be the free safety this franchise has been you know craving you know since the late great Sean Taylor, and I think he fits well with what they've already got personnel wise on the on the defensive side, help some of that team speed. Those that great options for sure. The reason I want Wagner. Is he a little bit older? Yes. Is he still incredibly productive? I just told you he was third in the league last year in tackles, and he missed a game. Um, He has such an institutional knowledge of the league that this young defense, and he's such a leader, that this young defense, you put him in the middle of it, that makes Jamin Davis like incalculably better. I'm really impressed that I said that word. (laughs) Incalculably, blah, 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 blah. That's what I get. Better to say it twice. Say. Yeah, way better. Yeah, unbelievably better. I agree. Um, obviously, we can see you know, now with Landon gone, you have uh, you can still play Holcomb um, as a starter, but he's kind of on that fringe. Um, but with him in the middle, getting the D line organized, kind of just setting the general tone for the defense. Like this is a dude who's got a Super Bowl title. It's a guy who's led one of the all time leading or all-time best defenses back in the LOB days. Obviously, the secondary was was legendary, but their front seven was nasty too, and he was right in the middle of everything. Like, he's the guy that I want here. And, like, especially with Devondre Campbell going back to the Packers, a little bit younger than Wagner, um, one of the best middle linebackers in the NFL. I'll, I know he's old in the tooth. I know he's a name. But when you take the combination of knowledge, leadership, and still incredibly high level production skill, I would I would take him over pretty much anyone left. The question is going to be, of course, how much is that dude going to cost? Um, because he's got the name recognition because of all that, you just kind of hope that he almost strikes out a little bit and and ultimately he winds up uh, you know having to take a little bit less or that his other offers are a little bit less. And thus, he is able to to come to a team like Washington, who maybe at that point can offer him a little bit over market value to get him here. Yeah, they're gonna they would have to do some cap gymnastics to get him here because I think you know, right now, obviously, their their financial situation is putrid. But I was gonna ask you this: Do you think there are any in house candidates to replace Landon Collins' role in that Buffalo nickel? I tweeted out the other day. I thought you know Derek Forrest had really good college tape and was aggressive in preseason, and he just likes to hit people. So I think he may, may be a good candidate for that role. Kaliki Hudson, you know, I thought showed some flash. Yeah, I think that it's more likely that you have multiple guys that do it. That like 
where Landon could be a three down player in that role because of all the different things he could do, how special he was, you know, the reason he was paid all that money in the first place, all that talent. I don't, there's obviously not anyone else who can do that. Like they almost created that role for him, but all the responsibilities are still going to exist in other packages. So I think Hudson obviously is, is a candidate in base. Um, I think Forrest would be really interesting. I just, I haven't seen him enough to, to have confidence that he can do that at the NFL level. Obviously no one's seen him enough to know that the coaches have the best idea. Um, but I, the thing is like, I don't know that you need that, right? Like you don't need a Buffalo nickel in the modern NFL. It's a really cool package that you can use to your advantage to, because it messes with the offense's sense of personnel. Do I count that guy as a safety? Do I count him as a linebacker? you know, where, where could he be that a regular linebacker or a regular nickel or a regular safety couldn't be. But I, I think they probably honestly mostly dump the position and in, in whatever package they have is, is not going to be as used. Like even if they have it, it's not going to be used nearly as often because it was so tailor made for a guy like Landon Collins who they don't have anymore. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my, they just got to be. But I like the forest idea. It's because, I mean, at the end of the day, they got to get their their best guys on the field. And if they think that dude's good, like, you got to find a spot for him. So we'll find out. Eric Edholm is, he could probably say about Derek Forrest's college tape. He can say about everybody's college tape. It's kind of his thing. Uh, Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports gives his reaction to day one of free agency slash legal tampering. And we'll get into some of the draft-adjacent stuff with Eric as well. That's next. Craig Hoffman with you tonight for Overtime. Linnell, big ups. Hopping in for a couple segments here on 106.7 The Fan. guest is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. Eric, how are you this evening? I'm doing well. What's up, man? Not too much. So I just saw this stat uh, that a writer, Tom Rock from Newsday, tweeted out about the Giants. It's where I want to dive in with you. Um, I couldn't just ask you something simple like, hey, what's your favorite move on the first day of free agency? You know me. We have to make things complicated and convoluted and sure. theoretical. But the, the stat is that with Evan Ingram's departure, it makes 11 straight Giants first-round picks who didn't get or play a long-term second contract with the team. Last one to do yeah. so was Kiwanuka. JPP pieced together, uh, so a couple caveats, JPP pieced together a few short-term deals, and Odell was signed but then traded before he ever played. So 11 straight first-round picks. And I, I was kind of thinking about this through the context in Washington of Brandon Sheriff, is you draft him at five, which is an overdraft because he's a guard, then you're going to have to overpay the amount you'd want to pay a guard to keep him. And that's why it was a silly idea to draft him that high in the first place, even if you got six solid years of production. Uh out of him before he ultimately leaves. And I guess where I'm winding this long intro and thought into a question for you as someone who covers the NFL for a lot of the year and then dives hard into the draft is like when you're grading players and you're a team and kind of grading teams draft slate, what do you define as like a success as a first round pick? What should a team be trying to get out of a first round pick and how does that change as the first round goes different a top five pick versus a top 10 pick versus just a late first yeah no i mean it's uh we could probably fill up the segment talking about it obviously it's gonna you know differ team to team and where they are in their uh in their building process you know how close they might be to a super bowl and things like that i mean you know, you feel like if you've got a shot, you can you can kind of go outside the box a little bit if you're if you're in the mix, if you're one of the, you know, eight or ten teams every every year that that realistically have a shot to win it all. Um, you know, that can certainly change things a little bit. I mean, for instance, this year, not to you know get too drafty on this answer, but 
you know, like Kyle Hamilton from, from Notre Dame, the safety, you know, I mean, I, right now he's got one of my biggest grades of, of any prospect, but the question is how high do you take a safety for positional value? You know, does that, you know, he may end up my number one or two overall player, regardless of position, but it also wouldn't shock me to see him slide outside the top five because of, you know, I mean, like you said, guard, offensive guard, uh, you know, I would say linebacker safety. Those are those, you know, tight end, some of the positions that rank a little lower on the, on the important scale, you know, they, they tend to have to be pretty special generational talents to warn them going that high. You know, you could argue that the, you know, the sheriff deal was, was good in the sense that you, as you pointed out, yeah, they didn't get a Super Bowl out of it, but they got a good player for six years and, um, you know, are going to get a compensatory pick back. And, you know, I mean, it's, you, you obviously hope to sign those guys to, to long-term deals. And, you know, if every first round pick spent a decade with a team and that would be uh, Nirvana, right. But that doesn't happen. So, you know, you're you're kind of measuring a, a high enough floor to to make sure that you're going to be picking up their fifth year option, and that you feel you know good about this player developing after their third year because that's when you have to make that decision. Uh, but also a high enough ceiling to warrant a player, you know, to be taken in kind of the upper reaches around one. So it's it's a tricky balancing act, and you know teams will go off the radar and, and you know reach for needs and different things like that. I mean it's. You know, you understand in the short term why they do it, but in the long term, that ends up, you know, usually, not always, but but often hurting the team. Eric at home, Yahoo Sports with us here on The Fan. Uh, when you heard the Wentz news for Washington, how did that affect what you think they're going to do in the draft? Yeah, I mean, I still think they're in the mix to, to draft a quarterback and, and – I don't think you can go in thinking, okay, we got we got it sealed up, locked up, no questions asked. I mean, you know, my thinking was Philadelphia wanted him to succeed as badly as possible, right? I mean, they even, you know, all essentially benched, you know, the Super Bowl winning quarterback in order to give Carson another shot and it just wasn't working. Then they trade him to the to the Colts and, and get pretty good value looking back, obviously. And my thinking at the time of that trade was if it doesn't work out there, I don't know that it'll work out anywhere. You know, I mean, it almost felt like the perfect spot for him to go with the coach who has his back, you know, some pretty, you know, really strong offensive line run game, some nice targets in the passing game. You know, everything seemed to kind of line up for, for him. And statistically, it was a pretty good year for him. But, you know, you, you drill down and you see where the problem spots are and where, you know, the concerning play obviously cost them down the stretch and, you know, when he had to make plays, he more often than not didn't. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of left to, to wonder. I mean, look, can, can Scott Turner do something with him that, you know, people who were familiar with him before couldn't? If he does, let, let's get him that head coaching job. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a great achievement, honestly. And But I, I don't know. I still feel like in this draft there are going to be some decent opportunities on day two of the draft to get – one of those top six or seven quarterbacks, depending on how they grade out, and not feel like the cost was so prohibitive um, that they can kind of help buttress the, the Wentz acquisition. So that if it does go wrong, you've got somebody in the bullpen that, that you know, at least intrigued you enough to, to use a draft pick on. So my uh, prevailing thought over the last couple of days when I've been asked about this, gone on, on shows around the country and, and national shows, whatever, and they're like, 
Like, how? What's the best case scenario for for Wentz in Washington? And like for Wentz himself, obviously he plays really well. He daps well to Turner's offense. He and McLaren get. Uh, you know, have a great connection, whatever. But the best case for Washington is they just signed Matt Flynn and that there's a Russell Wilson waiting out there for them. Is sure. there a quarterback, maybe not with Wilson, maybe not that you would like as much as Wilson? Because in hindsight, Wilson seems a lot easier to see. He was so good at NC State and so good at Wisconsin. It's like, oh, because he was six feet tall, nobody thought he was going to be good in the NFL. That that seems a little dated. But if you look at the, the quarterback prospects, let's say third round on, is there one one in particular that stands out with the, with a high ceiling that you like? That low, it's going to be a stretch. Um, I think there's there's probably one guy who may fit that that definition, third round range possibly, and that's Carson Strong from Nevada. And you know there was some concerns about his knee, and you know he he had surgery about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, and was you know I mean technically it's a 12 month rehab, but he was able to get back in six uh, and, and start the opener. And if you watch early season games of his. He's not moving around real well. He's wearing a brace. He looks kind of cum- you know looks cumbersome out there, and he looks like he's limited in what he can do movement wise. But you see the arm, and especially the arm not with the legs driving into the throws as much as they would were he healthy. And you say to yourself, this kid can sling it. I mean, he can throw the ball. I didn't think he had a great senior ball. I was actually a little disappointed with his play down there, but I try not to let that completely you know influence my 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 vision of the player because obviously, you know, I just watched five or six of his games this year and, you know, as the year went on, boy, he made some big time throws and he had some weapons, but at the same time, he's a guy who, while a pocket passer can, has a host and can really throw it. He made calls at the line. He made checks and he had a lot of responsibilities that, you know, uh, Matt Corral or, or Malik Willis simply didn't. Um, I think, you know, he and Kenny Pickett are probably the most advanced as far as that kind of stuff goes, um, which will help him. But, you know, his stock has kind of simmered a little bit coming off the so-so senior bowl. You know, the injury concerns, this has been a, a knee issue that really technically has dated back to high school, which I think will it's going to dampen his stock. But that may be the one guy. I don't know that Bailey Zappi or, you know, or somebody like that or, Caleb Ellaby, some of these day three quarterbacks with a little bit of intrigue. It would be really hard for me to say, oh, yeah, I think there's there's definitely starter potential there. I, I really only think there's about six guys with a, with a respectable chance, and I would put Strong as my number six quarterback on that list for the, for the reasons I laid out. But still going to keep an eye on him. I, I, he'll make my top 100 prospects, and I think he's somebody who, who who's worth – given a hard look to if you clear medically. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard question because if you thought a guy was going to be awesome, you'd have a higher grade on him. It would, you wouldn't be like, Correct. yeah, third-round yeah. pick. But um, Wilson's always one that you just go back and you're like, yeah, he was he he was sick in college. We, he was tremendous. Didn't, yeah. Didn't, it was, didn't it was really a different matter. era. I mean, it's crazy to yeah. think 10 years ago was so much – such a different mentality than we have now. But that's that's the NFL right there. It can change pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, nothing uh, more emblematic of the fact that the day that the Russell Wilson trade goes down, I am watching Get Up on ESPN, and Robert Griffin III is doing the analysis with Mike Greenberg, who was drafted second in the same draft that Russell Wilson was drafted third, you know, third round, <laughs> and and they're talking about Wilson getting traded and signing Crazy. what's probably going to be a hundred and fifty million dollar deal as RG 3s on television. Certainly, don't have to remind uh, our Washington audience of that, but. Uh, whoops, sorry, sorry to the audience. Yeah, and uh, I'll, Eric I'll at home. Tell you a quick, 
Yeah, go ahead. I'll yeah, tell you a ahead. quick funny story. I saw Griffin at the Combine this year. He and John Harbaugh were chatting in the hallway, and I said, okay, that's Robert Griffin. Is he wearing his Combine outfit from 2012? He was. I, I had a, I did a double You're take. Kidding. but So he's living in the past, man. I love it. I, I mean, good for him. Like, I, I get it. His, his career kind of went off the rails is it, and everything. And, is it you good know, for him? Hey man, I, once in a while I pull out my 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 retro stuff, you know, like you know the 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 sweatshirt that fit really well in college, and think oh, I'm going to put that thing on. And I guess I'm not parading around Indianapolis in the middle of the combine with it, but you get the idea of like it's okay every now and then to look back. It was also a little bit odd, but that's Robert. He's a, he's, he's a different cat. He's, you know? Yeah, he is. He is. I, I have no problem with him occasionally throwing it on for a kick and a giggle to do it at Indy. That's. Uh, <laughs> That's we'll call that a choice. Um, Eric at home, Yahoo Sports. His stuff is must read year round, but especially this time of year with the draft. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well at Eric underscore at home. Eric, always good to talk to you, my friend. Uh, hope you're doing well and enjoy the uh, the craziness over the next couple of days of free agency. You too, man. Take it easy. Derek, get home on the BetQL guest line. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. When we get back, I'm going to convince producer Donald that he needs to get an air fryer. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Craig Hoffman with you on 1067, the fan wrapping up the show. Uh, so we actually have a, an update on Trubisky. Still going to, to Pittsburgh, as, as we very well knew. But the money's in, which is significant around the context of Carson Wentz and uh, what Washington is paying him and what they gave up and, and all that kind of stuff. So Trubisky, according to Albert Breer uh, of Monday Morning Quarterback, is signing for two years, $14 million per source. I'm guessing that's $14 million per year or base value, $14 million. Uh According to Breer, sorry, another tweet just came in. I'd expect there will be a fair amount of upside to the contract too, but he'll have to earn what he gets on top of this. If that's two years, fourteen million total, that's a steal for Pittsburgh. Because not that Trubisky's great, but he is the top quarterback, not named Jameis Winston on the market, and Winston's coming off a torn ACL. Um, if it's two years, fourteen per, that would make a lot more sense and is still like a pretty good deal. And frankly, one that I wish Washington was paying instead of paying Wentz 28. I'd rather pay Trubisky 
14 for the next two. And look, it's not my money. We're not talking about cap space stuff here, not not whether or not someone's cash is going in a certain person's pocket, right? I'd rather have the cap hit of Trubisky over two, knowing that if I replace him, it's going to be, like as the starter, it's going to be with a rookie deal over Wentz for 28 next year, and then you are free the year following in terms of that that big QB money if you have a rookie that pans out. Now, of course, there's a possibility that that looks very foolish if Washington drafts a, a rookie who turns out to be good and you have a ton of extra cap space and they sign a big-time free agent next year. Um, but I, at this point, on March 14th, 2022, that would be the the risk I would I would have preferred taking. Okay, we did a lot of, a lot of free agency stuff, as we should have. First day legal tampering period, crazy day. Uh, but but something happened during a break that was very important that we need to hash out before Donald and I part ways. So I'm doing the show from home, as we've established, and I realized that I needed to go put dinner in my air fryer real quick. Just go in. I'm like, Donald, how much time do we have? Two minutes, 30 seconds. Great. I set a timer for two minutes so I wouldn't be late. Put Go grab my, my fish out of the fridge, the salmon, season it, put it in the air fryer, minute 40 seconds, and I'm back. And I get back, and Donald's like, man, that's incredible. I've been thinking about getting an air fryer. I need to get an air fryer. Why haven't you gotten an air fryer yet? Yeah, so it's it's been on my mind. So you brought it up, and I, let me actually preface by saying we've been divulging a lot of radio secrets tonight. So I'll yeah, definitely, we have, we <laughs> which, have, which is funny. But yeah, I've it's always been on my mind for an air fryer, like you said during the break. You said you were going to do that real quick, and I don't know. I just haven't invested. I've heard people rant and rave about it. You know, tell me all the good things, and I I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. I just I don't know. But I've been hearing nothing but good things, and and you were kind of telling me during the break that I should do it. So here's the thing. They're getting more advanced as the technology obviously evolves because they're still a fairly new product, but you get like that crispiness of fried food without some of the greasiness that can... I mean, sometimes greasiness is great. I'm not sitting here trying to be like a, a health food prude here, but I am, I, you know, it, it, you get like a nice clean flavor off of stuff. Also, now there's air fryers that are multiple things in one, so you can roast. You can have like like we just upgraded ours to have like a rotisserie setting, oh, and wow. because they're they're more available now, the cost is pretty low. So I, I don't want to be like air fryer man who's going around. To, you know, it's kind of a joke. Like if you, <laughs> you know, if you have, do you even have an air fryer if you haven't told anybody? But since we were talking about it. And, and for anybody out there listening that, that has been on the fence, it's like, ah, people with air fryers are so annoying. It's just a really, really great kitchen appliance. And there's no reason not to get it. So I expect next time we work together that you will have tales of your air fryer, Donald. That's that's really okay. what this comes down to. Yeah, I have some homework to do, it sounds like. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just, just dive right in. Let's do dive it. Dive right in. Okay. Uh, great work out of you, sir. There's a lot going on tonight. Very much appreciate you. Thanks to Linnell for, for saving the day as well. Uh, thanks to Eric Edholm, Andy Sullivan, and Sam Fortier. That's overtime. I'm Craig Hoffman on 106.7 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.